0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is JB with Not By Works Ministries. Thanks for joining us for the program today. I'm so excited to have my good friend Randy back on the program today. You know, he was on a week or so ago, and I got uh, tons of great feedback from our listeners saying, boy, you need to have that guy on more often. And boy, you are right. In fact, I was way ahead of you. We have planned to make this a regular occurrence and have him on the program uh, pretty regularly. So excited to have him back on today to talk about current events and some of the things in the world of technology that we need to be aware of and that are coming down uh, the pike. But before we bring Randy on, let me take a moment to update you uh, on some ministry news with Not By Works Ministries. So by now, of course, I'm sure most of you know that my new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, is available, and uh, it is available at notbyworks.org. Or, of course, you can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, which is a special website we set up to kind of give you a sneak peek at both volumes. You can read the preface, see the tables of contents for both books, and, of course, order it right there. So spiritoftheantichrist.org. And we are uh, just so thankful to the Lord for uh, the way this launch has uh, taken off here. We've we far exceeded our expectations. Uh, we had hoped and prayed that the Lord would give this uh, book a wide distribution Uh, As he did with volume one. And we're only a week and a half into it being available, and already it has just exploded. We've sold out of inventory, had to purchase uh, some more inventory. Uh, So far, we have uh, been able to ship the books to 46 states. We've had orders from 46 states and three countries, uh, by the way. We uh, were getting so many requests from Australia and Canada that we finally made the book available in those countries. Uh, It is pretty expensive to ship there, so uh, it uh, is, you know, the the shipping cost is pretty high, but uh, nevertheless, we've had several folks purchase it, uh, and uh, we wanted to make sure you know that it is available in Australia and uh, Canada. So uh, most of you, I think, know that the the volume one of Spirit of the Antichrist dives into the biblical basis for the Luciferian conspiracy. We spend the first uh, two or three chapters uh, outlining what it is, who's involved in it, when it started, what biblical references uh, refer to it. And then uh, we spend the rest of volume one talking about some of the manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist in the present day. And all of this is leading up to the setting of the stage for the return of Christ. And so Jesus told us we should uh, look to the signs of the times and uh, kind of uh, be able to recognize when we're getting close. We, We don't know when the rapture will happen. We're certainly not setting dates, but we are trying to follow the plain admonition of our Lord who said, uh, look at the signs of the times. And so as we see the spirits of the Antichrist uh, rising, as First John tells us they will, then we know we must be getting close. And so volume two uh, tackles many more manifestations of the spirit of the Antichrist that are just exploding. And it just tells me... Uh, that we have to be getting close. So today on the program, we're going to focus on uh, one of those spirits, and that's the spirit of power, the spirit of power. I have uh, a couple of chapters uh, in there on this notion, and particularly today when I bring Randy on, we're going to talk about uh, some of the technological aspects of power. Uh, You know, Satan is not omnipotent, and what I mean by that is Uh, He does not have absolute power the way the creator of the universe, uh, Lord God Almighty, does. Uh, Nor is Satan omniscient. In other words, he doesn't know everything at all times. Uh, Nor is he omnipresent. He cannot be everywhere at the same time. So he has those limitations as a created being. Remember, Satan was created as an angel, as I talk about in Volume 1. And then he fell when he rebelled against God in heaven, trying to take the throne for himself. And now he is setting his sights on God's created realm, particularly this earth and God's highest pinnacle of creation, mankind, made in the very image of God. And so, Satan is trying to take over this world; has been for six thousand years. But he's not all powerful, or all knowing, or you know, or all present. So in that sense, he has some limitations. And so if he's going to control the entire world one day, as the Bible says he will, during the future seven-year tribulation, he's going to need help. And the book of Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 to 18 says this, as it gives us a glimpse of what life will be like during the second half of the future seven-year tribulation. Remember that seven years is going to be that time when the Antichrist rules and reigns as a false Christ in satanic power over the entire earth. Now, as I understand scripture from a literal grammatical historical perspective, I believe the rapture will happen prior to that seven-year tribulation, which is known in scripture as the day of the Lord's wrath. So if you're a believer today, we will not be here during that time. Nevertheless, it's very important for us to understand the whole counsel of God and understand God's plan of the ages and put the pieces together uh, so that we can be prepared. Because knowing what's going to happen during that seven years requires us to understand what is happening to lead up to that. In other words, it's not going to be like flipping a switch Uh, Things have to be put in place and set in motion and uh, ready for that future time so that when the Antichrist steps into power, uh, he can begin to roll out some of these, uh, uh, you know, powerful uh, control mechanisms. And so in that context, Revelation 13 gives us a glimpse uh, at what that control grid will look like. And it says he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So most of our listeners uh, will be familiar, I'm sure, with the famous mark of the beast concept, and a lot of people misunderstand what it's all about and don't really know where it comes from in Scripture, but that's where it comes from, and it is yet future. So sometimes people will ask me, You know, is the mark of the beast in place already, uh, or is the vaccine the mark of the beast, or is the CBDCs that we talked about last Sunday at a conference, are they the mark of the beast? Uh, No, the mark of the beast is not here yet, but these things could be, and in my view definitely are, setting the stage for the mark of the beast, and they represent the type of technology that the Antichrist will use when he... uh, uh, tasks his false prophet, the second in command, to oversee uh, and surveil and control everyone uh, on planet Earth. So that's kind of the premise. We see other passages that speak about Satan's uh, power. Uh, it is short-lived. For example, in Hebrews 2:14, it says, "Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, talking about Christ." He himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil. We've talked often about how Satan, uh, his, uh, he loves death. Anyone who hates God loves death, the Bible tells us, and he was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said in John 8. And so part of his power, since he doesn't have the power to create life ex nihilo, out of nothing, his power involves the power to kill and to murder. Uh, but that power, which will reach its pinnacle during the seven-year tribulation, will come to an end. And uh, that's what Hebrews 2.14 tells us. He's going to destroy uh, Satan. So, Satan, I hope uh, if you're listening or if your demons are listening and reporting back to you, we just want to remind you that your day is coming and uh, your, your power will be short-lived. Um, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter is kind of recounting his experience with the family of Cornelius, who came to know the Lord by faith. And he said, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here we see an example of, uh, in real time during Christ's earthly ministry of Christ's power being greater, of course, than the devil's Power. So the devil may oppress people. He may indwell unbelievers. He may influence people. He may wreak havoc as he's doing in this sin stricken world, but it will come to an end. But in the meantime, if the Lord tarries his coming, Randy, we need to be ready for this uh, massive global surveillance and police state uh, that is uh, that is being rolled out. And I think sadly, Uh, people are asleep at the wheel. They don't realize uh, really how much we are being tracked and how easy it is, frankly, with today's technology to control everyone. So Randy, thank you so much for joining us again today. Can't wait to hear what you have to say, but uh, uh, why don't you start with just sort of giving us your thoughts on how concerned should we be about the global surveillance and tracking system that is uh, already in place and, and being strengthened and, and rolled out even further.
1: Well, first, I want to congratulate you on your book. Your second book is better than the first. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, <clears throat> it's really interesting. I'm watching and hearing what you're saying. But you realize that you said a year ago what everybody's saying now. You, you were right there on the cutting edge telling people about the vaccines, about everything else. And now everybody is following you. So if I were you, I would probably get a contribution in money from them for your services. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> well, by so, the way, Randy, just because uh, the fir- the second book is better than the first, uh, that could be taken two ways. Either the first one was really, really bad or maybe the second one's really, really good. I don't know. But anyway, thank you for the- No, the first the one comment. was
1: really, really good. Second one is really, really, really good. So we'll we'll clarify that. (laughs) But as you and I had discussed the subject matter for today, uh, there's a lot about the surveillance that I knew. But the more I look into it, the more I found out. And all I will say is there is nothing in your life that is private. Somebody somewhere knows everything you do. And what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to, I've got pages of information. I'm going to try to start out simple with everyday things everybody knows, just to show them how this comes in to the worldwide convergence of all the different systems and how the control by the Antichrist is going to be fairly simple because everything is pretty much in place. First thing I want to start off with, uh, if you have a GM car, a Subaru, a Honda, whatever, you'll notice that a lot of them have a messaging system called OnStar or Link or StarLink, et cetera. Now, what this does, this basically, if it's hooked up, it allows your car to transmit information to the carrier that you're using. Now, it's hard to believe how effective these are but they, could, they know everything that's going on in the car. Once you hit the little red help button, it immediately identifies where you're at on a GPS locator and they could monitor everything from there. And as an example, about 20 years ago in the city of Norfolk, Nebraska, they had a bank robbery where several people were murdered. Police were on the scene in 30 seconds, but the perpetrators were gone. But it just happened to have the uh, OnStar system. Law enforcement got a hold of OnStar. They tracked that car until it got to a place in the country where it could be disabled, which OnStar did. And then the police departments converged on the scene. Mm -hmm. The People in the car had no idea what was coming. They couldn't do anything to restart their car. It was totally outside of their power. Now, that's 20 years ago. Things have progressed so much since then it's almost unbelievable. It's a little unsettling,
0: actually. Now let me um, let me interject, Randy. So um, sure. yeah, 20 years ago, of course, that's OnStar. Uh, first of all, some people might say, Oh, well, hey, good, good, good thing. I mean, those were bad people, they needed to be stopped. Well, the problem is that presupposes that the people using such technology are always going to be benevolent, and uh, but they're not. But uh, but secondly, uh, isn't the same basic uh, capabilities uh, in pl- are, aren't the same basic capabilities in place today through smartphones. In other words, even if you don't have OnStar or something similar, if you're carrying a smartphone with you, can't you be tracked? Oh yes, we'll get get to that in just a minute.
1: I want to go through a couple of the things to lead it up and show the trail how it's working. The cell phones have made everything easier for the government and the police authorities, etc. Your cell phone, it used to be they could ping you at a tower, and that's how they would find out where you were. They now have the capability of following your cell phone anywhere you go. Mm. You go in a store, you buy something, they know exactly what's going on. So anybody with a smartphone, just understand everything you do with it or around it, somebody can find out. Mm. And most of that information is stored at the NSA uh, depot. In Utah. Mm. If uh, we'll go back and started COVID, when COVID started, remember they had contract tracing or contact tracing, I'm sorry, which basically they wanted to find out information. Well, I worked at an insurance company, and all of a sudden one day they announced 150 of the staff will now be doing contact tracing. And I'm going, why is a private company? doing this for the federal government well they were paid handsomely for it but what that involved we would call different people that uh, were at restaurants or in stores we'd get information on who they'd been seeing who they were with what they'd eaten you know just general conversation but then that allowed it to go even further then we get to the place where we get um, what was called predict wise this was a project and basically, once this contact information was obtained, the government used this program called PredictWise. Basically, it followed your vehicle and you wherever you went. If you went into a store, they knew you made a purchase. After you left, they would contact the store, have the information on the purchase, what you purchased, how much it was, who was with you, all uploaded into a government database so they traced you, your family, your friends, they knew all of it. Well, that's, I think that's probably still going on, to be honest. I don't know. Um, some of the information's a few months old. You never know what the government's doing, but I would imagine this is right on the money.
0: Yeah, so- yeah, exactly. And, 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 and if I can add in the book, I talk about the very thing you experienced at your company, uh, Randy, where they were, you know, one company in the Denver area was hiring uh, what they called contact tracing reps and they were paying them $24 an hour. And their job was to actually monitor employees who were off-site, who were not at work while they were away from the job. And, and then, as you say, upload that info into this massive database. And as far as predicting, I mean, look, I think all of us can have experienced this, where I get in my car, I, I plug in my smartphone uh, to the you know to the car where I can look at my maps so I know where I'm going. And, you know, it automatically suggests a place that I want to go because it knows that it's Tuesday and it's been tracking me. And every Tuesday I go to this appointment or something like that. So it just automatically suggests based on past history. And that's pretty spooky. I mean, the first few times that happened to me, I go, how does my phone know where I'm going today before I even input the address? Well, it knows. Right, Randy? That's right. (coughs)
1: Excuse me. The government, um, it's so very advanced, it's almost creepy, to be very honest with you. Um, They have a different uh, project called Signal Frame. Now, basically, what is happening here is those cell phones that they track from the contact tracing and predict-wise, they now have access to your phone. So just to make this a little creepy for you, they can beam in on somebody on their smartphone and with this project signal frame, they can listen and see who all's there. So they can beam it in to church onto one cell phone and then they can monitor everybody's cell phone and computer in the church. They can upload all of that information. They know who's there. They know where they live. They have their phone numbers and they know who's going in and out at every service. Mm. And you wouldn't even know that this was a capability. So everything that's done can be tracked and they do track it. And it's it's a little um, disheartening to know that they don't have something better to do, to be honest with you. But it goes to show that COVID basically was the stage they set to advance a lot of their capabilities. Yeah, and their and capabilities it was... are amazing.
0: They are. And it was not just about rolling out some of that early uh, techniques. It was about conditioning and you know, preparing us. And, you know, it reminds me of what Pippa Malmgrim uh, said. She's basically, you know, uh, from a long, long line of deeply embedded Luciferians. Uh, she, Her father, Harold Malmgram, served as the senior aide to JFK, LBJ, Nixon, Ford. Uh, so she's been around a long time. She was there when Nixon uh, took us off the gold standard. Uh, but anyway, Pippa Malmgren, uh said this, it means t- talking about uh, the, the new uh, control system and she said, it means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what is going on. Now, whenever a Luciferian says clarity, they really mean control. But she was talking there about CBDCs, and she said, you know, uh, this is going to give us more control. Klaus Schwab, you know, has been talking about this forever, uh, 20 years or so. And he says, look, citizens' concerns over privacy and establishing accountability. Uh, Will require adjustments in thinking. Well, indeed. Go ahead, Randy. Well, with the technology they have, if it was used for good,
1: used to better our lives, that would be one thing. But when the government thinks they need to listen in on your conversations, know all of your friends, know all of your transactions, then we're way past where government is here to help us. It is a government to fear. And with these different projects, we have to understand there are 324 million, give or take a few million people in the United States. Everybody is tracked. This information is stored. The new newest supercomputer can process 55 quadrillion <clears throat> bits of information a second. Mm. It can take in one minute, everything that's been recorded in the world since the time of electricity and radios and run through that and process it. That's how fast this stuff is. Now that's totally amazing, but when you start talking about 666 in the future, you need something like that to process the information to locate you and control you. The Chinese have a program already in force where if you just happen to commit a crime like jaywalking, they will debit your account and take the money out for the fine before you get across the street. Mm. Now, that's a little unsettling. I, You know, they don't tell you what you did. They just subtract the money. Now, I find that very interesting that um, we let them have that kind of power. But the government surveillance goes far deeper. Mm. It used to be that you could buy programs for your computer and your car is called LoJack. And that was to be, if the vehicle or computer is stolen, you can track it. Well, guess what? Law enforcement has access to all of that. Then they get to know everything they want to know about you. When you go to get a gun permit, if you want to purchase a weapon, that background check basically looks if you've got a parking ticket, if you owe taxes, if you owe child support. And if you do, they'll refuse it and they will have an officer meet you outside to arrest you for that infraction. Now, I think that goes a little far. Yeah. You know, I can can remember,
0: you know, as a kid, sorry to interrupt Randy, but I was gonna say as a kid, we all remember, uh, depending on how old you are, I'm showing my age a little bit here, but we, we remember watching the old Andy Griffith show. And, you know, when Sheriff Taylor, you know, drove around town man, everybody was waving and smiling and he would pull over and he'd stop and talk. And, and he was just good friends with everybody. And, and he'd, he'd help get a, a kitten out of a tree or, you know, those kinds of things. And and when you saw him coming up or driving by, you know, you, you had a good feeling. you, you It was a positive uh, sentiment. But now think about today. I don't care how good a person you are, uh, how, how well you keep the laws and the speed limits and all of that and dot your I's and cross your T's. Almost every person when you see a, a, a police car, you, you kind of you, your heart skips a beat and you you get a little tense and you get a little nervous. you grip the steering wheel a little tighter and you you think, oh, what have I done wrong? Now why is that? It's because we've we've merged into this police state. I mean, you know, nowadays when they pull you over, let's say for speeding or maybe you have a tail light out or something, as you just said, Randy, they run your plates and they run everything about you and they can find out e- anything they want about you right there from the computer uh, in their squad car. And I'm just wondering, you know, in, in a free country where we're supposed to have Fourth Amendment rights, you know, is that uh, good? I mean, I, I, I obviously I value law enforcement and I have friends in law enforcement and I I Appreciate all they're doing to keep us safe. It's a very thankless job these days. They're taking a lot of uh, unfair criticism, but just you know, systemically and, and philosophically, from the big picture, I mean, is it really American for police officers to be trained how to track everything about you just because they pulled you over uh, for exceeding the speed limit? I mean, uh, there's just so much data out there on these massive supercomputers and you know anybody can access it you're probably going to talk about this but you know speaking of insurance companies of course insurance companies can tap into that data and use your private data to either you know accept or reject you as a as a customer but anyway yeah i just i just couldn't help but but think about the police state when you were uh, we're talking about what you were just saying so back to you Randy
1: well it's interesting because progressive and state farm like you said the information that insurance companies are using, they will attach a device to your vehicle that monitors speed, direction, stopping, everything. And they'll give you a discount for that. The thing is, after the six months, then they evaluate all that information. And they're probably going to go, look, we don't think you're a very safe driver. You've been going too fast. You're making jackrabbit stops and starts. And so we're going to have to increase your premium. (laughs) Um, Believe me, no one, an insurance company, they will take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And more insurance companies are going to go with that. They, they believe that the more information they have, the better decision they can make. But I find that's not true in a lot of cases. Now, as far as law enforcement, I would like to think that law enforcement basically there is for the job that we always thought they were there for. A good example of what they can do nowadays, we had a murder case that took place, I think, around Salida. Uh, It was the Morphew murder where a gentleman supposedly, and I say supposedly, murdered his wife and disposed of the body. Well, they made an investigation, and then they started going over everything in the news as to what they could do. They traced every aspect of the car, where it went, how fast it was going, which doors were open and closed, the exact time then corresponded to his cell phone. They showed exactly, they plotted exactly where he was for days. They also could take and track him when he walked around his house, mm-hmm. when he went to the bathroom. If he went to the bedroom, they knew everything he did as long as they monitored him. Mm-hmm. And to think that they can tell that kind of information, as far as a crime goes, I think it's great. But as far as being a public, citizen i find that extremely disturbing no question what do they need to know this for
0: yeah, I, no, just, no, 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 no. I just
1: i just don't un- understand that i mean and so that's what we know that's what they tell the public but let's stop and think of some of the uh, the other things they can do they're monitoring all of your electronics if you have alexa you have siri you have any of that stuff it's always on you shut it off it's on It records and saves everything that goes on in your house. In which room it goes on, what you say, who the people were that have been in your house, that's all stored. Now, obviously, with all this data, they can't go through all of it with a human. They store it and retrieve it. If they get a special interest in you or me, they will go back and they will retrieve all that information and build whatever kind of a case... They want, And the thing is, if they tell me, where was I three years ago at this date and time? I would have no clue. (laughs) But they can make a case you couldn't even refute. And now that we find yesterday that the government, Homeland Security, has a portal into Instagram, Facebook, all of those, that they can go in and request information be deleted or changed just by sending them an email. Of course, these entities like Facebook, Instagram, they go ahead and delete it. So if there was some proof of your innocence, that's gone. If it's a conversation they don't like, it's gone. If they want to influence an election, they're only going to allow what they want to be heard. And so the government is obtaining total control of everything we do and say. And it's... I don't know. It's a little unsettling, but, you know, that's as far as what the government has. They have, have other things we'll go into in a minute, but I used to be a private investigator. The things that I had available, I could track you. I could get your social security number. I, could, I couldn't I could look at your bank statements without a court order, but I could look at all of your finances as far as what you purchased, what you owned. and if I needed to find you in case you didn't want to answer the door when I was there, I could track your cell phone in three seconds. It showed me where you were, who you were talking to, your speed, your distance, etc. Three seconds. That's what I could do. Now think of what uncle Sam can do or the Chinese or the Russians. I mean, we have GPS satellites. There's 24 of them. The Americans put into orbit. They can monitor everything, all travel, all communication, and it's stored. You know, they're not supposed to store some of this information. They're not even supposed to obtain it, but they do. The FISA warrants are a very good example of the government run amok. They get a warrant to search your property, arrest you, whatever, based on their assumptions, not necessarily any type of fact, but then they will go ahead and process that obtain information illegally. And the problem is the courts never kick that out. They let it go. And so you're right. You really have no rights anymore. Yeah, Those rights are being dissolved.
0: Yeah. And I think the uh, the thing that I can't emphasize enough for folks uh, is the principle, never underestimate the enemy. I think the reason for many people, uh, while this information may seem a little disconcerting, they're probably inclined to just sort of compartmentalize and say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm not a criminal or a mafia member. I'm not murdering anybody. So I'm not really worried if they are following me or listening to me. Well, that's a very naive perspective because, and it tells me, by the way, if that is your perspective, that you really have no idea just how evil the Luciferians that are pulling the strings in our country really are. Um, because that they're going to turn that technology against us someday. And if you don't believe me, believe the Bible. I mean, we just read how in the future tribulation period, the evil, satanically-led one-world government leaders are going to use that technology to hunt down and kill people so and to force you into their system, their mark-of-the-beast system. So I get that for a lot of people this may seem... Uh, not directly relevant, but philosophically, it should be extremely relevant uh, to all of us, because again, the people that have this technology are not benevolent. They are uh, absolutely malevolent. And so we just never underestimate the enemy.
1: Well, when you look at law enforcement and our government, you're exactly right. I mean, the government has what they call Project Stingray, And that's just basically a fleet of Cessna aircraft continually flying over the United States. And what their purpose is, they will act as a cell tower. They spoof a cell tower so that your phone thinks there's a cell tower there. And what they do, everybody that goes by there, they will drain everything from your cell phone. All of your information you had, they now have. And they review it and they store it to see if it's something they need. But I mean, these are running up and down the highways, up and down the interstates, over your home. So it it just keeps getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Then one of the newest things they have is called personal microphone. What they will do, they can either use a laser if your window is open, they just go ahead and record everything. Their computers then can go back And by detecting vibrations on a potato chip bag, on a plant, on a ketchup packet, they can reproduce every conversation in that house. Mm -hmm. They don't have to obtain the video or the audio, they just do the video. And Mm -hmm. the computers are so sensitive that they can obtain that information. You know, they also have a project where if they can take a couple of MRIs from you, The computer will actually recreate what your thoughts were at the time that was taken. Now, I can't see anywhere where that might be misused or (laughs) maybe not factual. I mean, they're taking a little bit of a picture of you at one time and they're recreating your thoughts. Now, I don't know how they do it. I I understand why they do do it, but it's just kind of kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get into that in, in chapter three of the new book, uh, Transhumanism and Artificial Intelligence, where they outright come right out and say they're they're wanting to be able to uh, read your minds. And that gets into pre-crime and a lot of the predictive programming that we've seen in Hollywood in recent years. Uh, but, you know, can you imagine, you know, police showing up at your door and saying, uh, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so, you're under arrest and you go. What did I do? Oh, you haven't done anything, but in about an hour, you were going to uh, kill somebody, or in about an hour, you were going to get so angry that we were afraid you were going to kill somebody, so we're arresting you ahead of time. I mean, that's where yes. we're headed, and that all comes down to this global surveillance and you know full-spectrum planetary control.
1: Well, in your book, you gave the scenario where the power company decided they wanted to cut down, what was it, electric or gas usage, one of yeah. the two? And so yeah. everybody that was on that system with a certain type of thermostat, they just went ahead and reduced it to the temperature they wanted it. Yeah. And I'm going, <laughs> what, what can't they do is the um, easiest question to ask. And where our personal control of our lives is leaving us quickly. You know, we talked about digital currency. The series EE bonds now can only be purchased as a digital currency. And so you have to wonder, we talk about 666, we talk about the end times, I think we're even closer than what we think. And the ones that are awake, that are looking at this stuff, we know that the return of Jesus is near, but it kind of makes you wonder if we're even going to get to Christmas.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you, Randy. And speaking of the uh, digital currency, I want to take a moment to uh, <laughs> respond to a, a great question from someone uh, who emailed me after my presentation last uh, Sunday. Now, if you haven't listened to that, I did a message at a conference Sunday afternoon and my message was called CBDC and the coming one world system. I highly encourage you to listen to that or watch the video, either one, uh, because it it really kind of lays out for you how this digital currency is is, going to play a role. But the the, uh, emailer was very gracious and kind and they were kind of wondering about cryptocurrency, which I'm not in favor of. And I mentioned that in my presentation. And they said, well, hey, wait a minute, you know, cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin, that kind of thing is different from CBDC. And then they laid out the, the reasons why. Well, I appreciate that. And I've studied that extensively several years ago when Bitcoin first came out. And uh, over several years, actually, I studied and I came very close to investing in Bitcoin several times. Uh, and I recognize the distinctions. Clearly, Bitcoin is, you know, is private. It's not, uh, you know, controlled by uh, the central banks, you um, you know, it is, uh, it's it's limited, it's decentralized. I get all that. But the one fundamental flaw that it still has that I can't get away from is that if you can't touch it, you don't own it. And it's still tied to a server uh, in the cloud somewhere, uh, digital technology. And even though it's not the government that is controlling it, it's private citizens, uh, we're still counting on the people that do control it to be benevolent. And I just feel like at some point, you know, you have an EMP or you have some other, you know, hack, hacking into it as as, as uh, uh, protected as it is, it can still be hacked into. I and mean, if they can hack into the NSA servers, they can hack into just about anything. So it still has a, a a fundamental flaw, which is at some point in the future when you need it, you can't walk into your, you know, office, open your safe and get get it. <laughs> you, you have to rely on... Dots and dashes on a computer screen, and so uh, that's my view. Now I respect people that that invest in uh, Bitcoin, and I'm certainly not a moral issue for me. It's just my personal viewpoint on the matter, uh, and uh, I've got friends that have invested in it. But I I uh, I really feel like anything digital, which is kind of what you're talking about, Randy, really is all tied uh, up into accessibility, and it presupposes that the people who have the access, are always going to have our best interest at heart. And I, I just knowing the depravity of man and knowing theology, I just can't get there.
1: Well, it's obvious that our lives are compromised and controlled. People that think they aren't, well, you know, you look at the advertisement, you know, there are times that I'll watch something on TV, and then all of a sudden an advertisement for something very close to that pops up on my iPad. How did they know what I was looking at? Right, That kind of stuff just gives me the creep. In your books, you talk about Klaus Schwab and some of the other players. If you really want to find out how depraved these people are, and you want to see where they've come from, there are a couple of websites that I got into, everybody can get into, and it gives a history of these gentlemen. Klaus Schwab, um, if you want to find out about him, go into Johnny Vedmore. V E D M O R E dot com. He traces it back to his grandfather, his father, and some of the things that he, uh, he knows. I am surprised the guy's still alive. Now, another one that you might want, to, uh, if you want to get some information, the last American vagabond.com. You go in there and you, it's just like a buffet. Pick what you want to know. And it leads you to those sites. Now, these are all accessible by the general public. There is no big deal having possession of them or looking at them. But it it dives deeper than the main street media, than somebody, a reporter doing an expose. It really delves into their lives and kind of gives you an idea of where they're coming from, why they are the way they are. And after looking at a couple of these people, you can tell that Satan controls their lives. Mm. They have they have no care and no empathy for anyone else except themselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And that Johnny Vedmore, that's a great site. And for our listeners, it's J-O-H-N-N-Y Vedmore, V-E-D, M-O-R-E dot com. Johnnyvedmore.com.
1: Very, they're very interesting. And like I said at the beginning, being mm-hmm. a private investigator for eight years, I knew a lot of this stuff, but I had no idea how advanced they were. I mean, if I know what they're capable of, then you know there's probably much more I have no idea about. So when you stop and think of the pervasiveness of the government agencies or acquisition of information, what we do, what we like, um, it's easy to see how we could be controlled by a one world government. Yeah, they're going to know what you like, what you don't like, where your money is, who your friends are, and they will cut you off and you will be by yourself.
0: And they can can cut you off if you if you tweet something that is not politically correct or if you have a viewpoint that they don't like. Um, This is what the whole cancel culture was all about back in the early days of the pandemic and not by works experienced this uh, firsthand. We had 11 different videos over a period of two years that were uh, canceled by YouTube. We eventually uh, quit using YouTube. In fact, we haven't used YouTube in uh, almost two years now. Uh, We post everything at notbyworks.org. So you can get all all of our podcast videos, devotionals, messages, uh, you name it, uh, directly at notbyworks.org. Because you know, when when we would post things that ran contrary to the official deceptive narrative, uh, they would just shut you down. And uh, and don't think for a minute, by the way, that Twitter is going to be any different under Elon Musk. I have quite a bit to say about Elon Musk in the new book. So, um, you know, people need to understand that all of this is, on the one hand, it's setting the stage technologically and in terms of capabilities, it's kind of rolling out, different phases of the of the mechanisms to control the world. But it's also about control, uh, like the contact tracing you mentioned. I mean, a lot of that, was uh not comprehensive there were a lot of some companies didn't you know participate and some churches didn't participate and you know you'd go to a restaurant and they'd have a, a little clipboard there at the front you were supposed to put down your name and address so that they could these restaurants could report that to the contact tracing websites and and you know and a lot of that you know did gather data but it was by no means comprehensive and it was mostly just acclimating the general public to the idea that big brother needs to know absolutely everything they're doing and where they're going. And so, uh, yeah, troubling times for sure. Give, give us your, uh, kind of your closing thoughts and any other, uh, really bombshell, uh, info that maybe people haven't heard about. And then I'll wrap us up here in a minute with just some encouragement from God's word. Okay.
1: Well, I'm just reviewing the current events and affairs last night and this morning. Um, Russia is still going to take over Ukraine, or at least try. Um, They have an offensive going that is nothing like what's going to happen as soon as the ground freezes. The Chinese, from the information I'm getting, it looks like the Chinese would like to move on Taiwan before the end of the year. The Iranians are supplying drones and missiles to the Russians, uh, making a lot of money for the Iranians and the Russians. I didn't know how low their reserves were, but reading an article yesterday, the Russian military inventory of their missiles, they're down to 13% of what they had. Mm. So that's why Iran is reimbursing or making new ones for them. Mm. But as I watch the different players in the upcoming Gog Magog war, Saudi Arabia is now going to the Russian sphere of influence. Uh, Turkey, they're as good as there. I mean, a few more months, they'll be there. We have Iran. We have all of the other countries. They're all falling into place. It's obvious that there is going to be a battle. And all the players are there. So we're, if, if the rapture does not occur, we're going to witness history some days soon. Hmm. Um, I agree with one thing I read the other day. They said that uh, Russia is an acute problem, but the Chinese are the long term problem Mm -hmm. i have to agree uh, i i don't think i could have put that better myself because the chinese now have the mindset the resources the money to do pretty much whatever they want to do and if you watch everything every day everything is falling into place it's hard to keep track of because it's so back and forth but i keep wondering why joe biden is still our president Mm -hmm. because he's totally inept at everything he does I don't know what he's suffering from all I know is if the chips fall and a crisis arises he and Kamala Harris are not going to be able to make a decision and I think the Russians the Chinese the Iranians have all figured that out and I am looking for a surprise some morning as we get up it says well this has happened this has happened and we're going to put you under martial law because we have to protect you and be able to find out who's doing it. And I just, it's at the speed at which this is happening boggles my mind. I've read the Bible. I've studied this for 48 years. I thought it would probably happen in my lifetime, but now it's just happening so fast. It's just amazing. And the American people need to prepare in case we're not raptured out of here. But if you've got somebody you want to talk to about Jesus Christ and save their soul, do it today. Don't wait till tomorrow.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's it's like that uh, quote that I give in the book from um, it was a actually a character in uh, Ernest Hemingway's 1926 novel The Sun Also Rises, where uh, Mike Campbell. Uh, was asked about his money problems and he someone says how did you go bankrupt and mike responded two ways first gradually then suddenly. <laughs> and, yes. uh, and you're right, uh, Randy, I've been studying this for a long time too. And it's, you know, it seems like Satan's one world system is arriving in, a, in the same way, first gradually and then suddenly. And we're at the cusp of the suddenly part. So, uh, you know, one of these days we're going to wake up and, and it's it's things are going to going to happen that, that sort of alter the world as we know it. Now, uh, we know and we look for the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the blessed hope, Titus 2.13 tells us. And, but we have no guarantee that he's going to rescue us from this present evil age prior to some of these things happening. We do have a promise in Scripture that he will rescue us before the great and terrible day of the Lord. That seven-year period is what the day of the Lord refers to in those contexts. Uh, we see this in First John one ten. I mean, sorry, First 1 Thessalonians 1, 10, 1 Thessalonians five nine, but. Uh, Even though we won't be here uh, during that uh, great and awful day of the Lord, the seven-year tribulation, it doesn't mean we won't have to experience a lot of the things uh, that we've talked about on today's program uh, and, in fact, are experiencing them. And so let me just end with a couple of words of uh, encouragement. Uh, First of all, you know, the premise for uh, this two-volume series, Spirit of the Antichrist, comes from 1 John chapter 4 verse 3, which tells us this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And that's the premise of the book series. But the very next verse, verse 4, 1 John 4, 4, reminds us of the antidote, uh, the anecdote, I mean, the uh, uh, the antidote, I should say. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That's the antidote to the problems. That's the the answer is to remember who we are in Christ, to remember that this world is not our home, whatever happens. And and by the way, God's people have been suffering throughout 6,000 years, going back to the Old Testament and in the church age, Christians have suffered. Uh, Suffering is nothing new. We live in a fallen world where Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and bad things sometimes happen to good people. So suffering is not Uh, you know, to be unexpected. In fact, Paul says all who desire desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So uh, this is not something that should catch us off guard, but it goes to our perspective, and we need to remember that our citizenship is in heaven, that we're just pilgrims and strangers passing through. This world is not our home, and that uh, greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world, because we are a child of God. And behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be children of God. That's what John said in 1 John 3. So I just encourage folks to get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God and His love and grace and mercy saturate you. Fill your heart with hope. Remember, that's why the rapture is called the blessed hope. And uh, don't focus on all of the negative, except to be aware of it and be prepared for it. Proverbs 22.3 says, He who sees trouble coming and prepares for it is wise. So we want to be wise, but we don't want to become consumed. You know, I one of our listeners, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but one of our listeners that has gotten the new book uh, has started reading it, and they sent me a, a picture of the Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, on a, ta- a table beside a chair, a lamp table, and it had their reading glasses next to it and a bottle of Tums next to it. And the implication was, man, this is really unsettling and this is tough stuff, and and I get it. But, uh, you know, you never want to stick your head in the sand and pretend that trouble is not there. We want to confidently, boldly meet it head on. Remember, uh, the Bible says the gates of hell will not uh, prevail against us, Jesus uh, said. You know those very words, and so that's a defensive uh, posture. You know we we uh, we know that uh, you know we we are supposed to be not hiding out and cowering in the face uh, of evil, but like Jesus told Peter, you know that the gates of hell will not prevail against God's people. So I just encourage folks to uh, certainly to get the book. There's a lot of uh, information in there that is very helpful, but there's also some good theology in there that will help you make sense of it all from God's plan of the ages perspective. And uh, Randy, we so appreciate uh, your uh, insight and your comments and look forward to uh, to having you on the program again uh, soon. And, uh, and you know, for everyone else, just a reminder that on Sunday we'll be live streaming uh, from Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia. If you're in the Denver metro area of Colorado, come see us 9 and 10 o'clock a.m. on Sundays. Um, if you're not and you'd like to live stream, just go to org and click on the live stream button there for more info. It's all free, and we'd love to have you join us online. Randy, any uh, closing thoughts? Well,
1: live life to its fullest. Amen. Love each other and be prepared for
0: whatever's going to happen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And, uh, we would love to have you on again, maybe next week, uh, Lord willing, of course, uh, who knows we may uh, have a great big podcast in the sky before then, if the Lord comes back and, uh, and that would be okay with me. Uh, and I don't even know that we would need podcasting technology. We can all just, just gather out on the golden streets and, uh, and we can just have a discussion. So, uh, anyway, have a great rest of the week, Randy. We will, uh, We'll see you again next week, uh, and for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in to the Not By Works podcast. God bless you, and uh, we will uh, see you again soon. Take care.